Offensive tackle recruit Peyton Kirkland does not pick Michigan State. What on earth is going on with recruiting? We get into that, whether we should be worried or not worried. And then also, Pat Narduzzi, what? what? Is everything okay over there, man? Hey, let's go. We're going to have a fun one today. Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The world's greatest people are in front of me to start this week. That's right, it is you. It is the listeners, the viewers of Locked On Spartans. Thank you so much for kicking off your week with us on the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, We do this three days a week until until next week. That's right, August is, oh my god, Uh, August is pretty much here. And when August starts, uh, that's when five days a week on the Locked On Spartans podcast and YouTube show kicks back up. So... Hey, but before we hit the ground running there, please rate, review, and subscribe to this here podcast or YouTube show. Any way you take in this this media, I thank you for that. So, uh, And also, any questions, comments, concerns, or you have a winning golf bet for this weekend's Rocket Mortgage Classic, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com. All right, um, eventful weekend for Michigan State football recruiting. Uh, you know, pretty eventful as far as late July weekends go for college football. Not necessarily in a good way, though. Uh, you probably already know the news if you do follow Michigan State football recruiting. And uh, yes, it is top 300 player Peyton Kirkland. He is an offensive tackle from Florida. He commits to none of the five schools that he lists as finalists. Uh, not a school that he ever visited. Uh, he commits to Texas. And that is another blow for Michigan State, for the future offensive line, and for just the 2023 class, and really, um, our morale, <laughs> honestly. Um, yeah, let's let's talk about us for a second, the important people, uh, fans of this team. If you told me on June 24th that I'd be feeling this bleh about recruiting on July 24th, I would have thought you were ridiculous because, oh boy, things were looking really good in June, and now they just look okay. Just okay, but we'll get to that, you know, in a hot second. Let's just talk about the Peyton Kirkland commit to Texas. It came down between Michigan State, Miami, Oklahoma, Florida, and Miami. Uh, it, and then he picks Texas. Again, like I said, a school that he's never visited in this day of uh, day and age of NIL. Could draw our own conclusions, perhaps, or uh, draw our own hypothesis up if uh, you'd rather do that. Um, but listen, the fact of the matter is, is that Michigan State lost out on another highly ranked offensive tackle. And, yeah, not only is it a bummer that, you know, you keep missing out on these kids, but it's specifically at that position, too. Offensive tackle is a pretty important position here. So, yes, Michigan State strikes out again. But, you know, it wasn't really too big of a shocker. I know we teased this commitment last Thursday, and it was right after recording that, yeah, news was breaking out from the great... Uh, recruiting reporters from On3 from 24-7 Sports that Kirkland was indeed going to go to Texas. And uh, if we've learned any lesson so far, uh, it's that if a high school kid says that, hey, uh, no, don't listen to those reports coming out about me, anyone that says anything about me is wrong, 100 times out of 100, it ends up that the recruiting reporters are correct. Uh, Now, Dustin 
writes in with an email. Have recruiting services like 24-7 and on three ruin the excitement of recruiting? Well, actually, we will, ah, can't talk. We will actually get to that in segment three, but he also adds in this to his email, which sets up the rest of this segment rather nicely. Uh, Dustin says... Simply put, uh, what the hell? <laughs> we can't land Kirkland, Basantis, or McVeigh. Uh, Basantis, Chase Basantis, he was a top 100 kid from New Jersey. Same position, offensive tackle. And also on Sunday, he announces his commitment to Texas A&M. Uh, Miles McVeigh, that's going to be happening in early August. It's down between Michigan State, uh, Alabama, or any team in the nation, really, when you think about it. Uh, and then Dustin goes on to write, I feel like we are missing out on everyone now, and there's not a ton of guys left. Dustin, thank you so much for writing an email, because that sets up the, the rest of this segment perfectly, because, listen, I, I know we're taking a, a big heel turn from those fun episodes we had in June, you know, when the Ferraris were on the field, when goats were on the field, and we had so much talent on the field uh, for these visiting weekends, and now, uh-oh, those those kids are not coming to Michigan State. Uh, and let's take a, a look at the offensive tackles specifically here. Samson Okunlola, the top 10, top 15, no matter what recruiting site you look at. Pretty good player. Uh, he's probably going to go to Miami. Chase Basantis, he picks Texas A&M. Miles McVay, look, I, Michigan State's going to have to beat Alabama or Oregon or any other school that pops up. Uh, Sham Umarov, he committed to Tennessee. Joe Crocker, he goes to Mississippi State. Even Ryan Coretta, a three-star guy that was on campus, which was pretty rare for Michigan State to just bring a three-star kid to official visit weekend. Ryan Coretta picks Pitt. And now uh, you also have Stan Stanton, Ramel. Really, it, it comes down to this. You, you had seven offensive tackles on campus in the month of June, and Miles McVeigh and Stanton Ramel are the only two out there. And if you don't hit either of those guys... I, I don't know. You you listening or watching at home? Do, do you do you have an answer? Because I don't I don't have an answer. Um, it look look look. I, I want to stop myself right here because you can feel however you want to about Michigan State football recruiting. I, I'm here for both sides of the argument. It the answer is likely somewhere in the middle of this, right? That yes, hey, Michigan State right now has 12 kids in their 2023 class. Eight of them are four stars. That's a pretty unheard of number at Michigan State, especially with the last regime with Mark D'Antonio, who really wasn't known for his, you know, recruiting acumen. You know, I don't think that's a slight. It's just not how he really got where he eventually got, which was greatness at Michigan State. But it was also kind of a reason why, tailed off at the end there, different conversation. You can feel okay about this class right now. However, I'm also going to listen to the other side of the fence, too, that's a little concern maybe that things aren't going as well as maybe we were led on to believe or thought that they could be or any word that you want to use really because, look, Michigan State goes 11-2. They win a Peach Bowl. They sign their head coach to a $95 million contract over the span of 10 years. So, And that shuts down any rumors that, oh, he's going to be jumping ship here in a year or two years, which is very important to recruits. So that's good. You're winning. You're producing great talent, great outcomes in your games. Your coaching staff is sticking around. Heck, I mean, we're, we're flashing all this money. Oh, yeah, we got our uh, general manager essentially saying game on for NIL. And now we're missing out on a lot of kids. We're missing out on, on quite a bit of kids at a very important position. So, yes, I 
sure, you, you, you can be a little concerned, disappointed perhaps at what is going on with recruiting. Now I will say this too. Now I'm going to hop in the other side of the fence. There is a lot of time left. Uh, December is when early signing day is. Flips are going to happen. Michigan State is probably going to flip a kid or two. But also, Michigan State can have a kid get flipped away from them. So, yeah, there's a long way to go. And, yes, the transfer portal will always exist. You can hopefully probably fish on offensive tackle out of there. But, yeah, as it stands right now, oh, man, it just sucks. You know, (laughs) he said you had probably the most talent of anyone in the nation on campus in the month of June for those official visits. And now all those sweet pictures that, you know, we all took at Spartan Stadium that we saw on Twitter, that we saw on Instagram. Those are now becoming pictures of kids not picking Michigan State. So, uh, yes, we are in a slump right now. We need to get out of this slump somehow. Uh, Miles McVay might be the next commitment date that's set in stone. But, of course, if he's like a, or if anyone else, rather, is like a Chase Basantis and just tweets out randomly that they're committed, then, okay, We'll be on high alert, but yeah, just like Dustin writes, and probably as you listening and watching, I already know that the the list of names available to commit to Michigan State ain't getting much longer. So yeah, this will be a recurring topic of conversation as we move forward. But yeah, right now, personally, I find myself in the middle of how to feel about how things are going with recruiting because yeah, they're they're fine. Eight four stars, pretty good. Also. $95 million, 10-year extension to a head coach, and no, contrary to popular belief for the fine folks in Ann Arbor, that contract wasn't given just because you beat Michigan twice. That contract was given because, well, we're supposed to be recruiting at a very high level, and yes, this is a higher level than Michigan State has ever recruited at, but isn't that kind of comparing what's going on now to just mediocrity? Like, look, just like we said, D'Antonio wasn't known for his recruiting, so to kind of compare where we're at to that, I I don't know. Uh, really, really need to get out of the slump. So uh, we're also going to uh, get away from talking about Michigan State football recruiting for a hot second. And we're going to be talking about an old friend here. Uh, Pat Narduzzi had some comments about Michigan State, about Big Ten football. And yeah, they totally made a, a lot of sense there, Pat. Uh, Digging into those in a hot second. But before that, hey, I just want to shout out LinkedIn. That's right, this episode is brought to you by LinkedIn, and more specifically, LinkedIn Jobs. That's right, are you looking to fill out your team at your small business? Well, as you know, with the sun coming out more and more each day and small businesses are opening up more, LinkedIn Jobs is making it easier to grow your team because LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the people you want to interview faster and, best of all, for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. That is a lot of people. Then add your job to the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word so that, hey, they, they know that uh, you are hiring and you can start networking and finding the right people to fill out your team. They also got simple tools like screening questions to make it easy to focus on your candidates so you're hiring the right guy or gal with the right skills and experience. It is why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one. That's right, number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free on linkedin.com slash lockdowncollege. That's right, LinkedIn 
com slash lockdown college to post your job for free terms and conditions oh, they apply and before getting into uh, pat narduzzi's comments at acc media days hey just want to thank you for making lockdown spartans your first listen and or watch any every single day here in the lockdown podcast network uh tomorrow's show uh, we will be having carter elliott on we're going to be doing all michigan state basketball talk uh we've filled these airwaves with a lot of football talk recently. So, yeah, what, what's going on with Moneyball? Uh, what are we looking forward to for the season? The aircraft carrier game? We're going to get into it all. So, if you're a, a big hoops head, yeah, tune into tomorrow's show. You will not want to miss that. All right. Um, Pat Narduzzi, uh, old defensive coordinator, old friend of the Michigan State football program, and uh, probably former friend of the Michigan State football program, to put it bluntly. Uh, listen, he goes to ACC Media Days. And fresh off of a Peach Bowl runner-up end to the season, old Patty Cakes is uh, feeling himself uh, <laughs> lately. Um, all right, you probably have heard the quotes by now. They've been circulating on the internet for the last few days, but we're finally going to get around to them. And also, he just very recently doubled down on all of these. So, uh, he's asked about the Big Ten, how the ACC stacks up, and, you know, the Peach Bowl, all of that jazz. And he says, and... I quote, if that's one of the best Big Ten teams, let's go to the Big Ten and win it every year. Okay, we'll dissect that one in a little bit. Uh, And now what he meant by that is that, well, Kenny Pickett didn't play in the game. That's right, first round uh, pick out of Pitt to the Pittsburgh Steelers, ironically enough. Kenny Pickett was not in that game, and, uh, well, Kenneth Walker wasn't either, but that's that's not an issue um, in the eyes of Pat Narduzzi here. So let's just tune back into what Pat had to say about Kenny Pickett. Quote, he is a 21-point difference, okay? Uh, Michigan State gets their butt kicked in. Who name drop in Michigan State. Love it. Saucy. Uh, goes on to say it's at least a 14-point difference if backup quarterback Nick Patty plays the whole game. Okay, so those quotes linger for a few days and then he's on a radio show in Pittsburgh was asked about that uh do you take anything back do you double down on it and he says and I quote here we go now buckle up everyone uh that's tough luck it's called facts we will get back to that quote in a hot second uh quote we didn't have Kenny Pickett play we didn't have defensive back Damari Mathis play two of our guys who got drafted nobody was going to run the ball on us Okay, uh, that's tough luck, but it's called facts. I, I'm i a big fact guy too, Pat Narduzzi. Uh, so, here's a fact. Speaking of facts, uh, Kenneth Walker, gone. N- not in the game. The, the nation's best running back, not in the game. And I get it. Yeah, he, he speaks very highly of his own running defense. They're ranked top 10 nationally. But uh, let's see, Michigan State wouldn't be able to run the ball on you. Um what happened in the Western Michigan game earlier that season, Pat? They seemed to run the ball pretty nicely on you when they d- didn't hypothetically win a game because their starting quarterback missed the game. Like, no, they they actually actually beat you. They, they, they really beat you because they also were able to run the ball. So, hey, if one team from the state of Michigan can run the ball against you, well, why not make it two? One with, uh, you know, the best running back in the nation. Anyway, that probably makes way too much sense. For him to comprehend, uh, here's another fact, Pat. Uh, I just, you know, I'm a very forgetful person. I forgot how that game went. So I went back and, uh, oh, you were up you were up 11 points with eight minutes to go in that game. Was that 
was that the third string quarterback's fault? Was that Kenny Pickett's fault? Was that Nick Patty's fault? Or was that does a choke job like that fall on the head coach that you couldn't have your defense stop anything Michigan State's offense was doing in the fourth quarter? You couldn't contain Jaden Reed whatsoever. Go ahead, keep on single covering Jaden Reed. See how that one works as he's rocking the baby over your cornerback as he's falling asleep in the end zone. Uh, that seems like a head coaching problem. Uh, Pat, let's uh, go down the list of facts here. Uh, okay, you're going to come to the Big Ten and uh, win because you came eight minutes short of beating Michigan State in a Peach Bowl. Okay, come to the Big Ten. Let's, hold on, I just want to pull up these numbers here. How are you in the Big Ten? As Oh, oh you played seven games <laughs> against Big Ten teams, Pat, and you are one and six against Big Ten teams. My goodness gracious I've never heard a louder head coach of a runner-up finish at a bowl game spewing there (laughs) whatever it is that he is popping off on the airwaves and look I get what he's doing right hey ACC is under some fire it's clear that they're not one of the big boys it's the SEC and the Big Ten I know that he wants to talk it up like oh yeah Kenny Pickett was gone we would have beat them we could win the whole Big Ten Okay, with that logic, um, it sounds like Western Michigan can just come into the ACC and then win that whole conference too if that's how we're going to string things together here. If, if you can almost beat someone or in the Western Michigan pit game example, quite literally beat them, then yeah, just, yeah, just join their conference and wallop everyone. Go for it. Get nuts. I uh, would love to see how it goes for Pitt next year without a generational uh, quarterback talent coming out of that school that fills its stadium a quarter of the way every uh, Saturday. So, yeah, um, please join the Big I would love to have Pitt join the Big Ten. We could use some more automatic wins over here. Uh, hey, conference ain't getting any easier with USC uh, joining it. So let's add an automatic W with Pitt. I would have arms wide open if I'm Kevin Warren, but I'm not Kevin Warren. Instead, I'm just a guy with a microphone that, honestly, that was pretty easy to dissect there. I felt like I was kind of dunking on my son's little tyke's uh, hoop, but that's that's what Pat Narduzzi uh, gave to us. That's that's the fruit he's bearing, so keep talking. This is great. I'm having an awesome time, uh, but let's just, let's talk about this too, because there was some chatter, like, does he hate Michigan State? Does Michigan State hate him now? Like, I think that's probably safe to say that it was fun. The, the little six-year, eight years, however long he was here being the defensive coordinator. That was fun. Nice, nice little footnote in uh, the Michigan State football history books. But, yeah, I don't know if he'll be coming back for a ceremonial coin toss here uh, anytime in the near future. I, I'm not sure how that is going to impact his standing here. And quite frankly, I think it's pretty obvious, too, that he doesn't care. Now, where is this coming from? Is he miffed that he never got an interview after Mel Tucker, sorry, after Mark D'Antonio stepped away? I I think it'd be kind of foolish to not think that it's something to do with it. Is it just the fact that he wanted to stick up for his team, his conference? I think it's a little bit of that too. Or is it the fact that we're kind of getting crazy here and we are letting one okay season in a very watered down ACC get to our head a little bit? I think it's a nice cocktail of all three of those things. You shake it up, and then you pour it into a glass, and uh, we're drinking it all up for our entertainment. So thank you, Pat Narduzzi. Uh, Loved what you did here at Michigan State. 
Um, and also love what you're doing at Pitt. Thank you very much for having your team fold like a dollar store lawn chair in the final minutes of the Peach Bowl because uh, it's always fun winning New Year's Six Bowl games. And I'm talking about how you could hypothetically win them if this player played but not talk about the other player and then you take that guy out. Whatever. Uh, Pat, keep on going. Love you, man. Um, so good luck this next season, I guess. I don't. Hopefully you don't have any MAC teams on your schedule because woo <laughs> Oh, boy, that would uh, be a tough, tough start to a September schedule. Let's get to the mailbag right now. Now, we teased this earlier that uh, Dustin wrote a, an email about, you know, the Peyton Kirkland commitment and, uh, you know, what's going on with Michigan State's recruiting. But also, th- this is a fun little angle here that, that we'll talk uh, about. He writes in, have recruiting services like 24-7 and on three ruined the excitement of recruiting? Peyton Kirkland, for example, doesn't have Texas in his top five and tweeted multiple times about how he isn't going to Texas and all the crystal balls just changed to Texas. Uh, If you're not familiar with 24-7 Sports or On3, those are two recruiting sites where they're reporters, they're experts, they log picks to uh, predict where guys are going to be going. They rank it on confidence. And way more times than not, they are accurate. So, yes, Peyton Kirkland names five schools, says I'm going to be committing to one of these on Saturday. And the one he commits to wasn't even on the graphic, but it was already sniffed out by recruiting reporters. I got to say, without 24-7 sports or on three, yeah, that would have been a bombshell. Uh, that, that that would have hurt, honestly, too. I, I can't lie. I would have been hurt by that uh, 17-year-old kid's decision right there. But uh, do they hurt recruiting? This is a total opinion question. Uh, it depends on the kind of person you are. If you are a glutton for pain or a glutton for excitement, uh, yeah, you could say the whole crystal ball thing kind of uh, ruins it, so to speak. But if you're like me, just start ripping Band-Aids off immediately, right? Like, if, if you're going to uh, not pick Michigan State, I, I want to know that as soon as possible. Um, I, w- I really wish I could trick my mind into thinking that the other way. Like, if crystal balls start coming to Michigan State, like, I don't celebrate it. Uh, I celebrate it when they actually do commit. But when crystal balls are going away from Michigan State, oh, it's, it's as good as done for me. That's uh, how this mind works up here anyway. So, yeah. Uh, it's It was just fascinating because, yeah, I mean, look, th- these guys are really, really good at their jobs. They are very good at their jobs. They have connections that we cannot even think of most of the time. And so, yes, Texas is named to be the leader for Peyton Kirkland. Uh, he has this date on Saturday. He's having his surprise party ruined, so he's tweeting out, oh, why would I go to Texas? I've never visited there. And uh, Peyton, stop, 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 Peyton. It, it, it's out of the bag. It's... Like you, you are going to Texas. Your party got spoiled, and we're sorry about that. Now, one way to remedy that is like don't announce a commitment date like I, like days or weeks in advance or months. And I'm not saying that you should never do this, but like if you don't want anything spoiled, like don't don't announce this big ceremony. Just simply like tweet out a graphic or post on Instagram or I make a TikTok. I don't think we have any recruiting commitment TikToks. Lately, that's going to be the next trend coming up here in a few years, which should uh, be electric. But yeah, look, I, if, if you don't want things spoiled, then don't set a date where guys can jump in and spoil it for you. So I, I don't know. But no, for, for me, I, I like the crystal balls. I, I like what on three is doing. I love what 24-7 sports is doing and has always done because uh, rip that bandit off. Just rip that bandit off. Uh, that's, that's my little motto right there. Uh, next question. 
This comes from number one MSU fan. That's right. Number one MSU, not number three, not, not the number 17 MSU fan. The number one MSU fan writes in, will we see all four quarterbacks against Akron? That's right, Zips. Uh, we are going to bludgeon you so bad that we're asking if we're going to see all four quarterbacks against you guys in week two at Spartan Stadium. Um, my answer, really quick, is going to be no. And I also have a longer answer to that, so let's get into that. Um, now, the four quarterbacks we're talking about, of course, Peyton Thorne. We have Hamp Fay, Noah Kim, and then freshman Caton Hauser. Now, last year, uh, Michigan State had one blowout, we'll call it. At least one blowout where it worked for them. Sorry, I just had PTSD to Columbus last year. Anyway, the Youngstown State game, Michigan State popped the Penguins pretty good. Only two guys played, though, at quarterback, and that was, well, Peyton Thorne and then Anthony Russo got to throw. I think it was seven passes that game. I believe it went five for seven. Uh, so, you know, in the Mel Tucker era, when blowouts happened, that's our only sample size right there. Uh, so two guys played. Now, this could be a little different because, hey, Noah Kim is one year older. Hamp Faye, one year older. Caden Hauser, superstar freshman. I mean, I don't know if you guys can remember back in the day where uh, I think it was 2013, I want to say, where the quarterback play was not all that great, and we had the We Want Terry chance, like, for Damian Terry, that is, uh, for more context. Uh, Caden Hauser's that good where, uh, whew, yeah, let's let's get the uh, We Want Caden chance going here. And No, I'm kidding. We actually don't. If you get those chants, you don't want them. What I'm trying to say is, though, is that, yes, he is a very high-profile kid, a lot of hype around him, so it is a very fascinating quarterback room. Will we see all four of those guys against Akron? It's very hard, unless there's crazy injuries, to see four quarterbacks in a game. It's actually pretty hard to see three quarterbacks in a game, too. And I dug around. I, I went back as far, actually, no, as recent as I could for a massive blowout. I'm talking just like a biblical, biblical war going on in the field that's just one-sided. And it was 2014. Spartans against the Eagles of Eastern Michigan. Your Michigan State Spartans won 73-14. to 14. <laughs> Jesus. 73-14. to 14. And even then, only three guys played quarterback. And I also found this little nugget fascinating, too, that even in a 73-14 to 14 win, MSU only threw the ball 19 times. Like, they were just running <laughs> Eastern Michigan. Those poor guys out of Ypsilanti into the ground because, yeah, it was three guys splitting the reps. And I don't even think Connor Cook had the Lions' share of pass attempts. I think it was Tyler O'Connor had the most passes. If not, then obviously Damian Terry was the third quarterback to play in that game. So, no, I don't think it'll hit the magic number of four. But if we do get to blow out territory in that game, I think that's a great, like, storyline that not a lot of people are talking about. Of course, I'm one of these people not talking about it, so I'm calling myself out. But how do the quarterbacks stack up? Mel Tucker is not one for death charts, so I don't think that we will know it before week one. I think it's something that we're just going to have to see. Like, okay, Michigan State's up uh, 55 to 10 going into the fourth quarter. Who's coming behind Peyton? Is it going to be Noah Kim, the, the guy who's been here seemingly forever? Is it going to be the young stud in Caton Hauser? Is it going to be Hamp Fay? Like, or. As fascinating as who's the two guy, I think the three guy is is also a fascinating thing because, okay, Caden, have you already jumped Hamp Faye? 
Like, have you already jumped two guys this early in Noah Kim and Hampface? So, I think that's going to be a great undercard storyline. Let me knock on wood for the Akron game. And I knock on wood because now that we've talked about this, Michigan State will go into triple overtime against the Zips. But no, ideally, um, in a blowout, God, I, I'm, I'm, my guess right now, if it's week two, it would be Noah Kim second. And then Kaden Hauser third. And this is all just me guessing. I don't have any inside information to this. But maybe as the season goes on, like let's say Michigan State, you know, let, we'll feel ourselves right now. Uh, Michigan State is up 63-7 to in Happy Valley. Week 13 of the college football season. I think by the end of the season, Kaden Hauser's ceiling is so high that maybe he learns enough during the season where he does become that number two guy. So I know I'm uh, going Waylon on rambling for that answer. But yeah, I just think the whole quarterback setup is something that isn't really talked about because there's a lot of other things to talk about when it comes to this team. But, uh, and also, well, I, you know, usually when we talk about quarterbacks, it's always who's the starting guy. And, you know, the who's the number two guy or who's the number three guy isn't as sexy as, uh, you know, last year's debate of Russo versus Thorne. But yeah, um, there we go. I think it's a great uh, storyline. And I really do appreciate that question. So thank you so much. And, uh, hey, if you guys want to reach out with any questions, LockdownSpartans at gmail.com is the place to find us. Like I said, barring any big news or any schedule change, uh, we will be talking with Carter Elliott. Yes, uh, friend of the program. He's already been on the show once. We'll be talking nothing but hoops tomorrow. So cannot wait for that one. Thank you guys so much for making Lockdown Spartans your first listen every single day. You guys are the best. Love you all. Let's have a great week. Let's go. Let's go. Go great.